This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share, and collaborate. Um, but first responders who were, uh, at that point, were, we were using some pilot testing, some uh, early FirstNet um, devices, they were able to get all of the, enjoy all of the throughput, all of the access, all of the attributes that come with, a, again, an unfettered and unthrottled cell network so that they could send videos back and forth. They could send emails back and forth. They could make phone calls uh, without any dis- disruption. Hi, and welcome to the EM Weekly Show, your weekly emergency management podcast. And this is your host, Todd DeVoe. This week, we are talking about FirstNet and cell and data coverage during an emergency. We all have had that issue where our calls don't get through and getting on the internet is next to impossible. Is FirstNet the solution that we're looking for? We'll see. Have you signed up for the EM Weekly Forum on the emerging technologies for emergency management yet? It is this March 28th at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern. This is your chance to interact with the leading experts in the area of technologies and how they impact emergency management. I hope to see you there. Oh yeah, did I mention that it's free? Hey, are you ready for the first EM Weekly book giveaway? You need to be a member of the EM Weekly group on Facebook and we're giving away a few copies of Kelly McKinney's book, The Moment of Truth. You can catch Kelly's interview here on the Ian Weekly Show later this March. If you want a chance to win, just become a member of the Ian Weekly Group and enter to win. Now on to the interview. Well, I'm excited to have a couple people from FirstNet here talking some really good communication solutions that that is out there. And I don't know if you guys have not heard of FirstNet, but if you haven't, by the end of this conversation, you'll know all about it and and why I think it's an important uh, tool that's out there. So I have Alyssa Turner here and David Buchanan. Welcome to EM Weekly. Thanks, Todd. Great to be on. It's kind of a kind of an awkward question since there's two of you, but. I would like to have a little bit of background from both of you. So who'd ever like to start first? How did you guys uh, get involved in FirstNet? Sure, I can go first, Todd. It's, uh, again, David Buchanan with FirstNet and glad to be on the podcast. Thank you for inviting us. I got involved uh, five years ago um, when I joined FirstNet as the seventh employee when FirstNet was first stood up. I've spent the last 20 years working in federal policy and federal programs in, in Washington, supporting public safety and emergency management. I stood up the first uh, Congressional Law Enforcement Caucus back in the 90s. I worked for the Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services at the Department of Justice for 10 years in the early 2000s and then came over to FirstNet. And and I've been very lucky to have such a fruitful career where I've been able to support first responders and those that keep uh, our our citizens safe and, and through the programs and activities we do. And so that's how I got to FirstNet, and it's been a terrific experience. I'm looking forward to sharing more about what we're doing at FirstNet and how we're helping first responders. And for me, I honestly got started in emergency management first. Um, 
with the city of Los Angeles emergency management department. I uh, was a poor grad student living in Los Angeles, <laughs> a very expensive city. And so I was going to USC and I needed a paid internship. So I applied to a few things and I just landed with uh, city of LA EMD. And I really, really fell in love with that internship and just the field of emergency management. I had never heard of this field before. This internship was pretty unique because I was working on all the same projects as all the staff members. It wasn't like an internship. I was I was doing 30 to 40 hours a week and going to school at night and writing disaster plans from scratch, which is really cool as an intern. And I was organizing workshops with a bunch of different agencies to talk about the plans I was working on. And so that was an amazing internship for me. And I knew that I wanted to make a career out of emergency management. And so I, uh, I worked for a Homeland Security firm after the city of LA EMD. And then I worked for GEMA, Georgia Emergency Management Agency. And I was actually their FirstNet program coordinator for GEMA. And that's how I first heard about FirstNet. And I loved the idea of working on a communications network for public safety and building something new and um, new and exciting for public safety, but just something that was so needed. I mean, this network fills a huge gap in communications that's been needed for so long. And that just really drew me to this project. And the more I got involved with FirstNet at GEMA, I had wanted work for the federal side because you get to do a lot more with the federal team. And so um, that's how I landed here. And it's, it's been wonderful. That's a cool story. That's a really cool story. So tell me a little bit about FirstNet and exactly, you know, what it is. Sure, Todd. I'll, I'll go first and I'll have Aislinn um, jump in as well. Uh, so FirstNet was created in 2012 to fill the last remaining gap from the 9-11 Commission findings on communications to create a dedicated broadband network for first responders. So FirstNet is, is essentially the fifth cell carrier. Um, you have the four big commercial carriers, and we're now a, a fifth carrier. The big difference is it's, again, created by this law coming out of the 9-11 Commission. It's dedicated to public safety and built to public safety specifications. And what that means for first responders is that the, this network, FirstNet, is available um, all the time, every time, for first responders. Today, when first responders use commercial networks to communicate, they're often congested, especially at times of emergencies. And I know emergency managers are well familiar with the shortcomings of, that they've experienced with commercial networks uh, at disasters where there's a lot of people using their phones at the same time. FirstNet eliminates that problem by creating, a, again, a separate dedicated network for first responders um, so that the data network, um, everything we do with our cell phone, our iPads, our in-vehicle computers um, now run on this dedicated network. What it also means is that it's built for public safety's use. So there's been um, built in a, in a secure way with, with end-to-end encryption so that first responders who need the security of a dedicated network know that it's, it is secure. Uh, it's been built in a redundant way with redundant scent of deployable cell networks that can be sent to times of emergency to make sure the network is, is running even when Mother Nature has disrupted commercial networks. 
Uh, and it's built with public safety applications. So there are specific uses and specific applications so first responders can have on their, their smart devices the kind of tools that make their jobs work more efficiently, have them work more safely, and really improve their livelihoods through the use of this dedicated broadband network. Dave gave a great summary, and the only thing I wanted to add um, about emergency management is that the reason FirstSight is so valuable to emergency managers is because, I mean, emergency managers need to be able to communicate with all different types of agencies. Uh, People don't normally think of emergency managers as people out in the field responding, but they are responding constantly with people who are in the field, and this network allows them to be bringing in data and information from lots of different sources and quickly being able to get all that data in. It's an immense amount, you know, video, pictures, and bring it all into one location, like such as the EOC, where they can sift through it all quickly and sort through the data that they really need. And it's just a very reliable network that brings interconnectedness with, you know, between lots of different agencies that are using it. What's uh, FirstNet's relationship with AT&T? So AT&T was selected by FirstNet two years ago to be our partner. Uh, The law called on the creation of a public-private partnership to deploy this network, and uh, which we think is a great attribute. It isn't a singularly a government program, nor is it singularly a, a private sector program, but it brings really the best of both of those segments together to create this public-private partnership. So the, the government, in the form of the First Responder Network Authority, we brought um, the spectrum and we brought $7 billion to the partnership, and AT&T brought their existing network and a 25-year commitment to build out um, the new spectrum to the public safety specifications. So they're our, they're our partner. They're the commercial side of this public-private partnership that's building and deploying the network, and our job on the government side is to manage that and ensure that it gets built to public safety specifications and to be public safety's advocate through this 25-year contract with AT&T. Now, I know that there's been some issues here in California specifically um, with a cell carrier that during an emergency throttled back some data coverage. How does AT&T and FirstNet reduce that, I, I guess, that cause of throttling back when all the data is being used? Yep. So that, Todd, is the really the perfect illustration of why first responders need the nationwide public safety broadband network, FirstNet. At that time of of crisis, during those California wildfires, there were reports um, that some of the commercial carriers were throttling the use of data of firefighters while they were doing their jobs. FirstNet, um, because it's a dedicated network for first responders, ensures that those firefighters in those instances, or any first responder at any time of emergency, will have unfettered access with priority and preemption over that network, meaning that those data communications will be um, unfettered, unthrottled during that emergency. Um, And it means that first responders can count on FirstNet as a mission-critical service that, like the other mission-critical tools, they count on to be able to do their, help them do their jobs uh, at a time of emergency. FirstNet is is available um, to those first responders. And because it was built for public safety and public safeties to their requirements, it will always work during those times of emergency and work the way first responders expect it to. So if you're with a different carrier now, 
um, and you're interested in coming over to FirstNet, what's that process like? People are doing that every day. Um, people are making a decision now that we're up and running and the network is, is in place. Um, people are making that decision every day to move from their commercial network to FirstNet. Um, there's a couple ways it can happen. One is their AT&T uh, has a dedicated FirstNet sales team that's uh, in every state in the country meeting with agencies to help them make a decision about whether they want to come over as an enterprise-wide customer. But first responders can also, as individuals, go into any AT&T store uh, with their first responder credentials that demonstrate and illustrate that they are that they are currently a first responder. And, and we would call first responders those in emergency management, those in, in the fire uh, fighting services, those in emergency medical services, and those in law enforcement, as well as those that work in and around uh, emergency communications or PSAPs. That those five disciplines all can, can walk into an AT&T store, show their, their first responder credentials, and, and obtain service that way. So we've tried to make it easy for first responders to become customers, whether they want to do it as an agency-wide or whether they want to do it as an individual. We've also put in place a validation process to make sure that only the right people are getting on the network and uh, only current first responders would have access to it. And we've had great feedback, pretty, pretty great feedback so far about the process being pretty smooth and people having the support that they need to get signed up and to get onboarded. Um, there's been, of course, a couple of small glitches along the way, but the beauty of having us on, on the government side available is that we've been able to jump in when needed and help quickly resolve any issues that have come up with onboarding and making sure that people can quickly get transitioned over to the network. So if you decide to go over as an agency, even large or small, is it a long process or is it just, you know, just like changing out your phones? Uh, like, is that, what's that look like for um, that transition? The length of the process is really dictated by how long it would take a municipality or a state or a county or whoever the agency is to make any kind of purchase. The long part of the process is the purchasing process at the at the local end. From our side, from the FirstNet side, it's as simple as bringing you new devices as soon as you sign up. And it, as easy it is to walk into a, a store now and, and buy a new cell phone, it's, it's that easy to sign up for FirstNet. Where it has taken some time is, you know, agencies that are buying hundreds or if not thousands of devices, the procurement process, the contracting pro contracting process, the provisioning process can take a little bit of time. But we've seen it happen as quickly as an hour uh, if agencies are ready to purchase. Wow, that's an hour. That's I think that's lightning speed when it comes to most government agencies. <laughs> 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 so I was, you know, taking a look at the firstnet.com uh, website. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, cool information over there. Outside of firstnet.com, how would people, you know, learn more about what you guys are doing? We also have a firstnet.gov website that gives a lot of great resources on there for each discipline. So if you can go to firstnet.gov, we've got drop-downs where you can click on emergency management, fire, law enforcement, and it'll take you to a webpage with resources we've designed just for each discipline um, that kind of gives you tailored information about the network and what you need to know as an emergency manager or as a police officer. Um, so that's, that's also a really great place, I would say, is firstnet.gov. When, when you're out in the field and, and you're using the FirstNet system, do you guys have, I, I don't, I mean, like sell on wheels and, or, or they sell in the trucks? Like, how does that, how does that work? How do you guys support a, a major incident? So we actually have 
we have 72 dedicated deployables for the FirstNet network. And we've got hundreds more that work with the AT&T network, but 72 that are capable for FirstNet specifically um, that are available upon request for free of charge to anybody that needs it to support a special event that's pre-planned or to support a disaster that happens. We can get it to you quickly and efficiently. As soon as you submit the request, it triggers a process on our end where we quickly deploy that resource out to you. And that has actually been probably one of the main things that get people excited about FirstNet, especially emergency managers, is that they have access to these 72 deployables that are stationed all over the country in different places. So we can quickly get them to you when you need it pretty quickly. The other wonderful part about the partnership we have with AT&T and the way we've rolled out this network is the partnership also comes with it, you know, the 50 to 60,000 AT&T sites that they currently have. And they were able to, as part of our contract with them, make those sites available also as part of this network, again, with priority and preemption for first responders on the commercial network. So the day we signed the contract with AT&T, not only did it come this 25-year commitment and the commitment to build out the new spectrum for public safety, but it also came with the, the instantly lighting up the existing towers and existing AT&T footprint to give first responders a, a high degree of coverage with a lot of redundancy to the network so that in most cases, first responders are never going to have to see a, a cell on a light truck or a cell on wheels in order to get their service. They're, they're going to have it every day because uh, AT&T's coverage is so strong. Well, that's good news right there for sure. I mean, I've <laughs> I've been frustrated uh, trying to use cell phones, uh, at, you know, in some areas, and it just doesn't work. And and uh, communication is always a problem. Speaking of that, what are some of the challenges that you guys have seen with communication using not just the first net, obviously, but using um, cell? Hey, let's just take about uh, sixty seconds here and listen to our sponsors. I know that choosing what conference to attend can be hard. There's so many of them out there, right? Well, I think that if you miss the EMLC, that's the Emergency Management Leaders Conference, you're going to uh, just kind of be a tad bummed out. This event is great because it's only two days. It's May 29th and the 30th. It's in one room. You have access to the speakers and to the special guest, and it's second to none. You know, it's one of those things where you get to actually engage with people, and it's small enough to where you can't really hide. So join me at the EMLC, the Emergency Management Leaders Conference in Phoenix, Arizona on May 29th and 30th. So for more details, go to emlc.us and register today. Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we connect people with the latest technology possible, whether it's mesh networking, augmented reality, or real-time translation, allowing people who need help to find help immediately. Better matters because lives matter. Hey, welcome back from listening to the sponsors really quick. Without them, we couldn't do what we're doing here. So please reach out to them. Tell them that Ian Weekly sent you. Now back to the interview. What are some of the challenges that you guys have seen with communication using not just the first net, obviously, but using um, cell? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is um, that people see on commercial networks is the, the competing with commercial customers for bandwidth. 
So you'd see a, we, we saw a, a video from last year's Super Bowl parade in, in Philadelphia where, you know, two days after the, the Super Bowl ended, there's now a parade in downtown Philadelphia with, with a million people there. People couldn't text photos. People couldn't make phone calls. People couldn't you know, respond to emails. Um, but first responders who were uh, at that point where we were using some pilot testing, some uh, early first net um, devices, they were able to get all of the, enjoy all of the throughput, all of the access, all of the attributes that come with a, again, an unfettered and unthrottled cell network so that they could send videos back and forth. They could send emails back and forth. They could make phone calls uh, without any dis- disruption because there is now a dedicated network just for first responders. And I think that's the, when, when we look across the country at the challenge that FirstNet's solving the best and solving first for first responders, it, it, is, that, it is that preemption. Um, and, and knowing that um, the folks that are keeping our community safe have this new mission-critical service available to them that works when they need it, where they need it, and how they need it. And another challenge I would say is that emergency managers in particular have to work with a lot of partners, such as Department of Transportation, Public Works, Red Cross. I mean, there's a very long list. And if you think about an emergency operations center, an EOC, you've got lots of different representatives in there from different agencies. And one of the neat things about FirstNet is that we are making it available to what we call extended primary users. So the primary users would be the five disciplines that Dave mentioned earlier, police, fire, EMS, 911, and emergency management. And then extended primary users are all those people and agencies that support, such as transportation and public works. And, you know, there's a, the list goes on and on. And so it's a challenge sometimes making sure that we are getting everybody who should be on this network signed up and using it. Um, we've, we've gotten some pushback from people about making sure that we're not letting just anyone on, like people, individuals who are claiming to be public safety, but who really aren't. So we you know, validate, make sure we're getting the right people on the network. But we also have to make sure that we're including all those extended primary partners that our emergency managers work with on a regular basis. So a lot of that involves just making sure we're talking with emergency managers about who their partners are, who they want on the network, making sure we come up with a comprehensive list Um, because we do have a subscriber paid option for this network, meaning that individuals can sign up. If their agency hasn't signed up, they can individually get an account with FirstNet, but that requires a lot of validation and making sure that just your average Joe down the street isn't signing up to try to download Beyonce videos at a high speed on FirstNet (laughs) instead of using it for, you know, public safety reasons. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, okay, so on that on that question, so if I sign up, I, I go to my local ATT office and say, "Hey, I want to come over, and here's my credentials, and I I belong on FirstNet." Do I bring my family plan on board that, or is it just my phone? How does that work? Yes, there are family plans available too. Um, but like I said, with if you're signing up as an individual or family, there's going to be you know validation that occurs, and I think there are maybe slightly different rates for family members, but I, I do know that family option is available. And actually, you can go to firstnet.com for some of that rating info. I think, I'm not sure if they have family options on that website, but um, there's, you know, you can definitely call or go to an at and 
store and they would give you more info. The family plan, we've made the subscriber paid option available um, so that individuals could come in and, and, and purchase FirstNet. We know a lot of people also like to purchase family plans when they come in as individuals. You can get a family plan um, through FirstNet. However, only the first responder on the family plan would have access to the dedicated public safety network. The other members of your family, your, your spouse or your children or, or whomever, would, would merely be on then the AT&T commercial network. So it would be a, a hybrid of networks available under that family plan. But yes, the answer to the question is yes, you can come in as a family plan under FirstNet. Okay, cool. That kind of got me thinking there for I'm like, wow, I can like get everybody on the family on the first net and, and then you guys can communicate. But that's a good answer. That kind of made me feel a bit better on that answer, David. I was, like, I was thinking, wow, there's, there's some people with big families. You can, you can really take over an entire area. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> okay, so a couple a couple of last questions as we're as we're getting here to the, to the end. Um, so how do, how do we get in touch with, with you guys? So Aislinn and I work, um, again, for the First Responder Network Authority. We're the government side of the, of the FirstNet private-public partnership. The best way to reach us is, is through our website, firstnet.gov. Uh, and our job uh, at FirstNet is to work uh, directly with first responders, again, police, fire, EMS, uh, the 911 community, and emergency managers to make sure we are bringing uh, you information uh, about this network, that we're capturing your feedback about the network. Uh, and, and I think the most important part of this equation is that the information we get back from first responders, the information we're going to use to improve and enhance and invest in the network over the life of this 25-year contract. So again, our job is to work with first responders, and our website's the best way to, to get a hold of us. If um, so, if somebody wanted a, if an emergency management organization wanted to have one of you guys come out, or somebody from your organization to present to them, is that that's the best way to get a hold of you too? Is through that, or is there are there local partners that will come and speak to say a local emergency management group? I was going to say we have regional leads that are dedicated to each area of the country. So like a southwest, I mean a southeast regional lead, northeast, midwest. Uh, we've got. We've got some that are all over the place. And so you can also go to firstnet.gov and find who those people are. If you just go to the consultation tab that's at the top of our firstnet.gov website, and um, you can just find your regional lead on there and contact them directly, and they can get you set up ASAP. And they can also get you in touch with the correct regional AT&T side, uh, our partner, if it's a sales call. But we also like to come out to meetings, too, if you want to meet with us. We can send, you know, an AT&T rep and a government authority rep as well. well. That's great. Okay, here comes the toughest question of the day. And I guess, I guess we got two of you guys that have to answer it. What book, <laughs> books, or publication do you recommend to somebody in the field of emergency management? I'll, I'll take that one, Todd. Uh, the, the book I read recently, and it was popular um, with a lot of folks on our staff, a lot of folks on our team have, have read it, uh, and maybe some of your listeners have too, it's not specific to emergency management or public safety, but I think it's a terrific book that really has rooted our team in, in being as mission-oriented as possible. Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And for those of you that haven't read it, it I think it's a terrific book. Uh, it really describes how some of the world's you know, best organizations and best leaders really focus on their mission and really focus on why they're doing what they're doing. And at FirstNet, we think about mission and we think about why we're doing really every single day. And for those of us that started with the organization in that very first year, 
um, that, that why was the driver behind uh, everything we did and everything we do. And I think for anyone in public service, you know, being mission oriented and being focused on, you know, hiring for mission, organizing your work around mission and, and really being focused on why we're, why we're here to, to do the work we've been asked to do, that becomes the, the most important differentiator. Uh, and when I think about the, the difference between our network and the commercial networks, that, that why question, being a dedicated network for public safety, that's the real differentiator. You know, we don't have shareholders we're concerned about. We don't have a profit we're concerned about. We have stakeholders in the, in the form of first responders that, that are our, our mission. And, uh, and, and so for me, Todd, that the book, um, start with why by Simon Sinek really, I, I think it's a great reminder, uh, and illustrates some, some important lessons on, on why organizations should be focused on mission. And Todd, I would say there's a, there's a professor that I had at USC, um, for my very favorite class is the Homeland Security class. And this professor is amazing. His name is Errol Southers and he's very widely, widely known in the field, very prominent. He's in a, he goes, He's been advisors to, you know, prominent leaders, uh, elected officials. But um, he's got a book called Homegrown Violent Extremism that is fantastic. And he just his his speaking style and his writing style are both just fantastic. And he really delves deep into it with lots of research. And he's um he's just an amazing person all around. So I love anything that he comes out with. But <laughs> it's funny that you asked this, Todd, because a couple of days ago, um, on Monday, Dave and I were prepping for this podcast and talking about this question about books that we recommend. And um, <laughs> we were just joking about how mostly what we read is, you know, stuff through our churches. And, and Dave was joking how he just got done with the book of Philippians. So <laughs> we were like, that's probably not what Todd was looking for. But um, <laughs> that's, um, yeah, just the vast majority of my books are probably not exactly what you're looking for. I, I like books like Experiencing God and, but they're the articles that I read are, I read tons of articles related to emergency management on a daily basis. Homeland Security Today is one of my favorite journal publications and I stay a lot up to date, mostly through article writing, but. Well, that's good stuff right there. That's, that that's good there. stuff for sure. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, okay, great. Well, all right. So what, would you like to say directly to the emergency manager before we let you go? I would say, you know, we're, we're excited. I, I hope you can tell from, from this podcast how excited we are to do our jobs. We love working with folks in the public safety field. We love working with emergency managers. And I feel, and, and our whole team feels very passionate about our work. I, I, one thing I also wanted to mention um, is just make a quick plug. We, we also have a podcast where we interview um, first responders every week about their experiences with FirstNet. I would direct folks to the podcast titled Public Safety First. I'm the host of that. You can find it on iTunes and SoundCloud and on our website. But I think it's for anyone that wants to learn more about what we're doing and enjoys podcasts, it's a great way to be able to, to um, hear directly from the public safety community and first responders on how they're using FirstNet, why it's important, how it's making their lives and jobs uh, even better. Now, I would say I'm very excited about all the interconnectivity that FirstNet is bringing to emergency management, especially if you think about the data that we bring in compared to 10 years ago. I mean, an EOC processes so much data from so many different places coming in, video, audio clips, picture reports, intelligence reports, and it's, it's really immense. And so FirstNet is a very reliable, high-speed 
broadband network that is exactly what what emergency managers need to do their job well and quickly and efficiently. Well, David and Aislinn, thank you so much for, for being here with us today. And and uh, David, for sure, we'll, we'll direct people back over to uh, Public Safety First. But it was, a, it was a pleasure having you guys on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Todd.